Welcome to Full Bloom, the podcast for millennials on a journey to finding purpose and pursuing passion. My name is Martina Lindo, and I believe we can learn from each other's experiences and hopefully help each other to bloom and grow into the people we were always meant to be. Your journey to full bloom starts right now. listening to bloom season conversations with millennials blooming in their purpose i'm so excited today to be talking to miss breland hunt uh more affectionately known by her audience as breland barbie hey girl hey hey We're so excited to have you on Full Bloom today. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Oh, gosh. Okay, the pressure. Um, (laughs) My name is Breland. As you said, I actually, it's crazy. I like to say that myself. Like, I'm affectionately known in the interworld as Breland Barbie or on YouTube as Beauty and Brain 5. And so I am a Master of Physiology student at North Carolina State University. I am a makeup, fashion, and all things beauty lover. I am a YouTube content creator. And uh, I'm a pageant girl at heart. I'm so many different things. I wear so many different hats. And most importantly, I'm excited to be here today. Yes, and we're so excited to have you. I um I think I have to send all of my guests like a thank you gift at some point Aww. because <laughs> everybody has been so gracious with scheduling because being a mom is a lot of work and sometimes sure. it just does not you know, work out the way that you want it to. Yeah. So I appreciate your patience with getting this. (laughs) So I kind of want to just get to know you a little bit more in terms of, you know, finding your way to purpose. Um, The pageant world has gotten a lot more recognition these Mm -hmm. days, especially in the African-American community, as right now, all of our queens are Black women, and which I think is so exciting. It is. Um, So just talk about your pageant journey just a little bit. Honestly, my pageant journey goes back further than I really should even mention, because I wanted to do it for so long. Honestly, I was um, introduced or inspired to it through Toddlers and Tears that used to be on, uh, is that Lifetime? Whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of like those HGTV <clears throat> Yeah, shows. one of those channels. And so I would watch that all the time. I loved it so much and I always wanted to do it. And my mom is just like, she's very different than me. She's not very girly. She didn't see the purpose yeah. of it. And I was always into dance. So she was just like, listen, stick to one thing. And as you'll yeah. probably learn, like I said, throughout this entire podcast is that I'm not really good at sticking to one thing. I love yeah. so many different things. And I don't like the idea of having to only do one thing. So um, it really wasn't until my junior year of high school where I accidentally got involved into this pageant. So I was really (laughs) into wanting to get scholarships for college and know where I wanted to go, but I knew that I needed money. And so I ended up doing this thing called Distinguished Young Women. And it was a scholarship for young girls. You have to be a junior in high school. And it ended up being like a full pageant because like you did introductions, you had an interview, you had to do a talent, you had to do like this fitness portion. And I don't know why at the time I didn't realize that I was doing a pageant because they didn't like <laughs> market it as one. It was yeah. you have to do, it's like a scholarship 
competition and you have to do all these different things in order to win. I was like, well, I have a talent. I mean, I work out all the time because I was a part of the volleyball team in high school. So I was just like, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And I didn't even end up like placing. I think I, I know I won scholarship money just for attending. I think I got best interview and I also got um, like the fitness award and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like a loser necessarily because yeah. I didn't think of it as a pageant and I just you know went on about my business and then I went to Spelman College and I think that pageant life I was really introduced to pageant life at my HBCU because mm-hmm. you know I saw the campus queen and I saw there was dorm uh, queens and there were uh, grade queens and there were so many different queens everywhere and so I immediately was like oh I definitely want to do this and I had yeah. the worst luck ever um, yeah. I first tried to do the hall queen for Du Bois Hall at Morehouse College and I literally forgot I think it was like answering a question and I just blanked. <laughs> like I had never been in a situation like that before and uh, didn't end up even like placing. And I was like, okay, well that's whatever. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to try and do like Miss Freshman when that comes around. And I ended up like making it through the interview because I just used to get so nervous during interviews. Yeah. Don't know why, because I'm a really big talker, but yeah, which is I, so surprising. I know. I think it's just the thought of like somebody judging you like to your face. I don't know what it was. So yeah, I just blinked during my interview. And then um, when it was time for me to do this freshman, I ended up like being one of the contestants. I had my talent together and they dropped the pageant. So they didn't end up having a pageant my freshman year, which I just oh thought was gosh. like, so, like, why? And we were so close to like it. They said like, they were going to push it back. So there was even a moment where we were all like, we all got to be in the homecoming um, parade. We all had mm-hmm. our own float as like Miss Freshman candidates and it didn't end up happening. And then oh. literally it just all throughout like my experience, it just like kept falling through, falling through until finally one time on Instagram, I was um, approached by, I believe she was the director for the Miss Black Georgia USA pageant. And she was like, hey, would you ever like want to do a pageant? And I was like, yes, I actually would love to. And so long story short, I ended up winning that title of Miss Black Atlanta USA. And I competed at Miss Black Georgia. Um, I got third runner up, no, second runner up. And yeah, from there, I just got the bug. And after that, I really did my research. Like, what is pageantry? Like, what does this mean to me? Why do I want to do it? What do I want to get out of it? Um, What are the different systems and things like that? And that's how I ended up where I am now today. That's crazy. I I remember the day that I met you very distinctly. Really? Um, yeah, I, don't I was remember. Wor- Tell I me. I was working. It was while I was working at Spelman, and I was the advisor for the Miss Spelman advisory board at the time. Oh. So I was over the pageant, and I remember. I think you had either applied for something, mm-hmm. or I don't remember what it was. But I remember you came into the office. And I was like, oh, this girl is tall. <laughs> and that's the first thing I said to her. I was like, well, she is so tall and so pretty. And so she came in, she, you said something. And I was like, oh, well, what do you need? And you're just like, yeah, you know, I want to run for Miss Spellman. And I was like, oh, I can see that. Uh-huh. And um, then we started talking about your YouTube channel. And that's when I was like, oh, well, let me look you up. So I looked her up, y'all. And I was like, oh, who does this girl think she is? (laughs) And so since then, I've kind of just been following your journey online. Mm -hmm. And you have a very keen sense of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I, you know, was very inspired um, with you in regards to. And so I just want to kind of get you know how did you get to this place where you are so self-assured because a lot of people 
you know, after so many like knockdowns, Mm -hmm. so to say, would have just given up on this whole pageant thing. (sighs) Definitely. Wow. That's so crazy to hear because I don't remember that moment. Not that I don't remember like meeting you, but just like, yeah, I have the worst memory ever. (laughs) That's one thing. (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, And it's, yeah, so crazy just to hear that, like, that was one of your first impressions of me because I feel like it's something that just comes naturally to me. It's not something that's difficult. I think that it is one of my greatest qualities is that I'm very persistent. Like I just don't take no for an answer. Um, I think that if I'm ever faced with a situation where things don't work out, my initial mindset is not like, oh, woe is me. Like this didn't happen. I suck. It's more so like, okay, there's a reason why this isn't happening. Like maybe this is pointing me in a different direction or maybe it's just not the right timing or, you know, I hate and I love the saying that everything happens for a reason. I hate Mm -hmm. being told that when something is happening because, you know, I'm the kind of person where, I see I used to be the kind of person where I have a certain plan. I want things to work that way. And if it doesn't, I'm upset about it. And so it's very easy when you have that mindset to think of things that don't go, I'm doing air quotes, don't go (laughs) according to your plan as them being a failure. And I really just had to change my mindset as to these are not things that I'm failing at. And I think by having that mindset, I always just go after more and more things and I've been told this by other people as well. And again, just looking at it in hindsight, it's really crazy to think about, but people don't see the amount of failures or disappointments or things that don't work out. They don't see that happening to me because all they see is like the highlight reel and all these great things. But it's like, I have to pick myself up 10 times more than the one win that you've seen. Yeah, no, it does. And I, one of the things that I was, what when I decided to start this space like I had kind of come from like a series of like losses Mm -hmm. and I was just like I just need something to pick myself up and just focus on you know even if I'm gonna fail I'm gonna fail forward yeah so um I'm just curious like even when you were auditioning for Mahogany in Motion Mm -hmm. um I just I just (laughs) want you to tell that story because I think people need to hear like (laughs) to be perseverant like how many times did you audition for that dance team oh goodness okay so when I knew that I wanted to go to college so I was like raised as a dancer like I've been dancing since I was out of the womb been dancing since I was two three years old um and then at the age of about what year do you go with how old are you when you're in middle school about like 11, 12, yeah, yeah. 11, 12, ended up transitioning from doing more like a studio dancing into a Vaganova technique ballet. So I was doing like very strictly, I was a bun head, like I did point and character and, but not like jazz and tap or hip hop, anything like that anymore. So mm-hmm. I was super focused on dance. Like I loved it so, so much, but specifically ballet. And my company that I was a part of was not very diverse. Um, A lot of girls who do ballet, it was just a very um, white environment. And a lot of those Mm -hmm. girls didn't go to college. Now, I am first generation college student, but I mean, I made like, you know, A's and B's throughout high school and middle middle school and stuff. So it was expected that I went to college. So I'm like, okay, I have to go to college. But the people who are around me they're not going to college. Like they're looking to go into professional dance companies and I can dance, but I wasn't, I was like always really good because I didn't give up and I would push myself. And if it would take somebody 
three minutes to learn a dance. It may take me three days, but then when I got it, like I at least would be proud of myself. And then I feel like because of that, like everybody around me was really proud of me, but mm-hmm. I never considered myself like to be the best dancer, but it was what I knew and what it was, it was what I loved. So I wanted to find a way to merge my future and be a dancer in college. Um, and that's how I ended up learning about HBCU dancing. And it was like, oh, heck yes. Like this is what I'm going to do for sure. I'm going to college. I'm going to dance in college. Like I really wasn't even thinking about the next step after college. Like what would be a good college for me to go to because I want to be a doctor? No, it was like, I want to dance in college. Like what's the best college to do that? And I want to do this kind of dancing. So I had um, my list of different schools that I wanted to go to. And my number one was North Carolina A&T because I just adored Golden Delight. Like I just felt yeah. like the best team ever. And so long story short, I ended up auditioning for them at my senior year of high school and I didn't make the team. And it was kind of like, duh, 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 because I was a ballerina <laughs> trying to do majorette style dancing. Like yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. And even, and even with, um, A&T, they also, theirs is a full, what is it called? Um, they do their flag twirling and baton twirling. Everything is a part. Their entire, why am I losing my train of thought as far as like what the whole band is called? But it's not just dancing. So mm-hmm. I had never picked up a flag. I had never twirled a baton. And I literally auditioned for this team because I'm like, I just want to do what I see you guys doing. Yeah. And um, so I didn't make the team. I was so upset about it. And again, I, I was upset for a really long time. This is one of the first times that I feel like I didn't really get something. Like even though I wasn't like a tumbler. I made the cheerleading team at my school, which was like a national champion team. And I also did the dance team. I did the volleyball team. And like, I made varsity, like as a sophomore, it was kind of like things at that point in my life really did come easy to me. And I was like, wait, this was a part of the plan. Yeah. It didn't end up working out. And so this is like, again, another example of how, instead of me thinking like, Oh, well, it's really like my life is over. Instead I was like, well, maybe this means that this is not the school that I'm supposed to go to. Like maybe I'm focusing too much on the dancing at the school, but I should probably actually focus on the school and the environment. Yeah. Around that same time is when I ended up getting accepted into Spelman. And so um, I get accepted into Spelman and I make such a big deal out of it. And this is also the time where I'm starting my YouTube channel. So I record it um, as I'm telling like my family and friends, because when I got accepted into A&T, nobody was really excited. Everybody was like, oh, okay, cool. Cause a lot of people from my high school went to that school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Another person's going to go to A&T, like no big deal. But when I got accepted into Spelman, it just felt like the world shifted around me. Like my grandmother yeah. was crying. Teachers were telling me how proud they were. And I'm like, is there something that I don't know what's going on? So I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, this is more me and I need to, you know, walk into my destiny and I do research and I'm like, well, Spelman has a dance team. It's for the Morehouse College. Uh, it's for Morehouse College. So I'm like, maybe I should look into auditioning for this team. And at this point in time, Hogany Emotion, which is the um, dance team for Morehouse College, they did not allow freshmen on their team. So at the time, you could only audition when you were already at Spelman going into your sophomore year. But mm-hmm. this particular year, my senior year of college, they were allowing freshmen to audition. So they, it was like my senior year of high school, but I was auditioning to be like when I would be a freshman in college. And so at this point I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm going to, I went to like hip hop classes and I was like, I'm going to try and like really, really do this. I get there and it was a whirlwind of an experience because I had to like learn the audition dance online. And then when I showed up there, I didn't learn the stance. Like they didn't teach me that. I just had to like 
literally hop in and do it the day of. It was honestly a hot mess. And long story short, I didn't make the team. And I was just struck because I'm like, okay, option A didn't work. Plan B didn't work. So what am I supposed to do? And then I just, like I said, just end up looking into it more. So like, well, if I don't end up making the dance team at all, where do I want to be? And I'm like, Atlanta would be a great place to be. Spelman is a great school. So I'm just going to choose Spelman. I choose Spellman. I go um, in and at this point, I'm like, I know that I'm going to audition again. And it's not that big of a deal because most of the girls, they don't make the team until their sophomore year. Anyway, they didn't even, they didn't even end up taking freshmen that year. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned my freshman year of college for my sophomore year, didn't end up making it. And that was really, really bad for me because at that point, like when I auditioned my freshman year, well, my senior year of high school, I was just so fearless with it. Like I didn't really realize what I was getting. I had no idea what I was getting, especially with that team. Like the AUC, it was like, and this was when we used to have it at the old gym. Mm -hmm. And I'm like so old now because I'm like, I've had an experience with Mahogany longer than my actual time in the organization. So I was able to meet girls from year, like, so many different years and it was like like a sold out gymnasium people are literally standing up and then they're they would like introduce me and like people wouldn't clock because they didn't know who I was they didn't go to the school yeah. and then like and, and just for context for people who don't understand like mahogany emotion auditions are like in watching <laughs> watching watching like a draft pick or something it's like <laughs> Like the the auditorium is filled with people. Like these girls are dancing in front. I'm I'm not even exaggerating. It's no, it's, you're it's not. Hundreds, it's hundreds of people watching them audition. For you're literally dance. battling to the death. And yeah. the thing is, go two at a time. So mind you, at this point, when I first auditioned, I was a senior in high school. I literally drive from Maryland down to Georgia. I like one of the girls who is now my big sister, she ended up like, you know, meeting up with me to make sure that I knew the dance. And I realized that I learned the whole dance backwards. Mm-hmm. Like it was just this crazy event. And I remember when I got out there on the floor, like nobody clapped for me. And then I started dancing and then people started like cheering. It was like, okay, like this girl. Yeah. Has and I was like, so excited. Like I said, didn't make the team, whatever. But by my freshman year at this time, when it was time for me to audition, At this point, I was at the school. I was involved. I had my YouTube channel. At this point, I had a name for myself in like around the area. And like there were people with my uh, my face cut out on little poster boards. And I was so nervous. Like I felt the pressure more than I have like ever felt in my entire life up (laughs) to that point. It was so nerve wracking. And I get out there and I forget the dance and I have never in my life forgotten a dance in my life like I've been like I said I've been dancing forever I've never it was never a thing and I was so nervous and I forget the dance and it was over it was like I knew I was going to make the team like (laughs) so I was so upset at myself but I knew it was something that I wanted to do so when it was time for me to audition my sophomore year for junior season I was like I'm just not going to forget that dance like I know that I can do it Freshman year wasn't my time because they weren't going to let a freshman on. Sophomore year, I dropped the ball. But junior year, I'm going to do it. Yes. Three times a charm, right? Three times a charm. And it didn't happen. <laughs> and I was so like, that was one of the where I don't, I can't even, all of them were bad, <laughs> but that one was really bad because I didn't feel like I messed up. Like I felt like I did yeah. really good in my interview. I did the dance. I genuinely felt like I did the best that I could do at the time. And so I was like, well, 
<laughs> it just ain't gonna happen. Like, honestly, I, at that point I had given up, but not in like a, I give up or I quit type thing. But like, yeah. again, maybe this just isn't the direction I need to go in. I'm putting so much yeah. focus on this and it like, I'm definitely not going to try out for my senior year. Like that's not a thing. Like nobody has ever done that before. They've never had a rookie as a senior. So it, I tried my best. I was kind of, I think I was more so like, at least I tried this last time. Yeah. But I made some sisters along the way. And at this point, they were a part of the organization. And one of my big sisters, she ended up being the captain that year. And she was like, you're going to be the banner girl for the the upcoming year. That's my junior year. And I remember she called me and I was like, uh, no. Banner girl. <laughs> yes. And so yeah. for context, the banner girl, it's like, they basically, they hold the banner and they walk out in front of the band. And so you got to travel with the band, you got like a uniform. And she was like, but we don't want you to just be any banner girl. We want you to be an alternate as well. So she was like, we have a smaller team this year. And so we kind of have room and we want you to like come to band camp. We want you to come to every single practice. We want to literally prepare you to if anybody, if anything happens, you can step in. So I was like, okay, well, this is like, you know, it's better than nothing. And I was like, well, best case scenario, I'll be able to like stay in shape, continue dancing and like get the experience as close as I can. Cause I'm not auditioning again. Like I have my mind about not auditioning again. So this is like the next best thing. Okay. I'll do it. (sighs) It was so much like my eyes were opened even more. I did not know that it was going to be that, Intense. Yeah, yeah, that's intense. And um, on top of all of that, it's a sisterhood, which I really didn't grasp at that time either. I was just thinking it's a team. Like, I'm just not meeting the requirements as a dancer. But then I realized, like, it's way more than a team. It's a full sisterhood. And they even expected me and my counterpart, who was the other banner girl, to be sisters as well. And my banner girl was like, this is too much. I did not sign up for this. And she ended up quitting. Oh, so I had wow. to go through the whole season by myself. And I was like a part of it, but I wasn't a part of it. And it was a really like uncomfortable position to be in to where once it was time for auditions again, they were like, you are auditioning. Like, you know, everything at this point, like you've grown as a dancer, you've grown, like you can do this audition. I was like, no, (laughs) I don't want to do it anymore. I don't, I just didn't want to fail again. Yeah. And I just respect and I love my big sister so much that literally she told me to do it. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, but she was like, like you are going to do it. Like, I, I can't remember if she paid my application fee or she did my application for me. But it was something where it was like, you didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. If she's like 3 p.m., I'll see you at the gym. (laughs) Yeah. God. Okay. So I did it. And it was such a more calm experience because I was very much so like, it's okay if I don't get it. Like at this time before it was really just like, oh, it's going to be the end of the world and I want nothing more and I want this so bad. But at that point I had experienced so many L's. I had not been yeah. seen so many times. It was just like, it is okay. <laughs> and when I made it, I remember I was literally so still. Like, I, I'm sure I smiled, but I didn't even like, I didn't, didn't cry. Even celebrate, I, yeah. I was literally just like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I, 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 I did it. Like, it was... Yeah. And then literally my life has been changed since then. I I got seven different sisters and I was, you know, engulfed into the sisterhood and, and yeah, it really 
showed me a part of myself that I didn't know that I had. And it's, it's just so many different things that I've learned throughout the experience. Like one community and sisterhood is so important because again, I wouldn't have believed that I could do it that last time if my yeah. sister didn't encourage me and literally force me into it. But at the end of the day, like I still had to make the decision to go. Cause I could have been like, sorry, sis, here's your $20 back. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I still went for, it. I still did it. And I really feel like it's a great test of my perseverance to this day. Yeah. And I think it speaks volumes of your character because honestly, like, and the thing about it, it's not just auditioning and feeling like you failed, but like the AUC is a very yeah. intimidating place. Yeah. And by this point, I'm sure everybody's now like, oh, Breland's auditioning. Like, yeah. I was, and that's one thing that I hated about the experience. Like if it was just a closed thing and nobody knew about it, but I mm-hmm. feel like it, even when I didn't even try and make it a thing, it ended up being a thing. Like people knew me and they knew this something that I wanted to do and I couldn't be discreet about it. Like yeah. and they don't, they don't let you be discreet. Like you have to, like there's a point in time during the audition week where you, when you're like warming up, you have to run a couple of miles in the beginning of auditions. Like they run you through this thing called hump Wednesday, which is where mm-hmm. everybody in the entire school and the entire AUC gathers and, you know, listen to music, music. It's like a block party. And so every single year it's like, there she is. Like I couldn't pretend like I wasn't auditioning. Yeah. Um, I had to like post it on my social media and like, and like, you know, try to get the most likes in order to get more points. Like I really wish that I could like, just like try and do it secretly, but I couldn't. And that definitely put a lot of pressure on myself because now you have all these things that other people are saying to you, like, girl, you should just give up. Oh, Mahogany doesn't know what they're missing. Or girl, don't you realize that they don't want you? Or, oh, I heard it's because of this. That's why you're not making the team. And it was so hard to like focus and even want to do it anymore. Cause I, one, I felt like I was so thirsty for it. And I was like, I don't like the idea of like wanting something that again, is not for me. So maybe it's not for me and I should just let it go because it's embarrassing to continuously, like, again, go so fearlessly and uh, after this thing that you want so bad and then have everybody see. Cause like I said, like nobody else, can you, can anybody else name something where it's like the whole, it feels like the whole world is watching you. Yes. Nobody can do that. I'm going to say no, yeah. but like, it's not a very common thing. Um, yeah. I wish I didn't have to go that way, but it did. And it made, I will say like, once I finally made it, like the best feeling ever was like posting my graduation pictures in my mahogany costume and being like, ha ha. Yes, to oh, all my haters. Yes, like even just people who themselves felt like I don't know if I would have been able to do that. Like I feel like I don't, and I know because people have reached out to me and told me like I inspired so many different people, and I really feel like that's what my life is. I'm literally put on this earth in order to inspire other people through my hardships and hardcomings. Like, yeah, I feel like maybe. I had to go through this because somebody else wouldn't have tried again if they didn't hear like, oh, wait, she had to try out how many times? Four? Okay, I'll try. I'll try another time, you know? So, and even if it's not just for a dance team, it could be for anything. So... Yeah, well, kudos to you, Braylon, because <laughs> honestly, I don't know if I would have had it in me. Whew. I still can't believe that I did it to this day. Like, I don't think like, how old am I now? 23-year-old Braylon? I don't know if she would have done it, but... I think, again, it just shows my character. Like, that's what I really, really wanted at the time. And, like, now I really, really want to go to medical school. So it's like, I pray that I can get in my first time applying. But if it takes me three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I don't think I have that many tries. But however <laughs> many tries that I have, I'm going to try because 
once I put my mind to something, I'm not going to stop until I get it. That's just the kind of person I am. Yeah. So what has that experience been now? Like you're out of Spelman, you're in graduate school, getting ready to go to medical school. Um, What is what's that been like? It has been the most eye opening and heart wrenching journey. Um, The best way to describe it is a journey. And I like that I'm able to talk about it now that I have this mindset of it's a journey, not a destination, because in Spelman and honestly, for the first year of my master's program, year and a half, really, I just had this mindset of like, I want to go to medical school. I want to yeah. be in medical school. And when I was finishing up at Spelman, it was like, okay, I'm going to have my degree, but I don't have a GPA and I don't have really anything else that will prepare me to go to medical school here and now. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out on a whim. I'm going to take my MCAT. I had, of course, been studying for it. And I said, I'm going to take my MCAT. And if I get this score, shoot, I'm going to apply to get that score. And I was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) Like now I kind of have to think of a plan B. And I'm such a, there is no plan B kind of girl. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you think about a plan B, then your plan A is never going to work out. But I was like, okay, I have to go to plan B. And that was to do some type of in-between program in order to strengthen my application for medical school. I was so nervous. I was like, if I'm not a strong applicant for medical school, what would make me a strong applicant for a master's or a post-bac program? And I had a lot of struggle with that spell. And like, it wasn't an easy experience for me being a biology major. So I just, I was so doubtful of myself, but at the time, like this was one of the greatest moments that I had to really practice my faith. And I was so like heavy at church. Like this is, again, I've really coined this moment for like, okay, knowing that God is real and that he is faithful because I was like, I am not going to not know what I'm going to do next. Like something, something will work out. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know what, you know, the case may be. And, um, when I graduated, it sucks because when I graduated, I didn't know where I was going. Like I hadn't received any yeses, but I received a few no's. And, you know, it's kind of such a bittersweet moment because you want that moment to be like, yay, like I'm done with here. I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. And it's so hard to celebrate what I just accomplished when I didn't know what was next. And first, I just want to say anybody listening, if you're in that space, like don't allow, don't steal that joy from yourself because that's yeah. the worst thing that I could have done at the time. Like I was still very happy, but I could have been happier because again, Spellman was a journey. It was an experience and it really was an accomplishment just for me to finish. Even if I were to sit on the couch in my mom's house for the next year, I still accomplished something amazing. So mm-hmm. Um, yes. Oh, as soon as I graduated, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I tell you, I had received so many no's or a few no's, which to me felt like so many many. um, that I had two letters from schools and I didn't want to open them during like graduation week because, you know, it's such a fun time and I had friends in town and I was like, I don't want to ruin the vibe. And then that whole week, you know, I would, I'd be happy. And then somebody would be like, yes, what are you doing afterwards? And I get kind of sad again. (laughs) And, um, lo and behold, I graduated. And then like the day after graduation, I opened it up two acceptance letters. And I was like, I was so annoying. Like, why didn't I just, I could (laughs) have been, you know, excited this whole time. But, um, it wasn't until really the summertime, the day after my, or the day before my birthday that I got accepted into the program that I was at the time. It's, it wasn't my best choice, but out of all the no's and all the yeses, I was like, okay, this is the one 
that I really want a yes from. And it was at North Carolina State University. So once I got that yes, again, it was like, I did it. I'm going somewhere. Like I wanted to, you know, move somewhere different. I wanted to be closer to home. And overall, I just wanted the next couple of years of my life to be beneficial towards my end quote unquote, air quotes again, my end goal, which was to get to medical school. And so I was like, okay, the journey begins really. Then I get to this program and I realized this is actually the worst program that I could have chosen. And I didn't really realize deep into it. It was really like a money grab. They're not here for the betterment of me as an individual and a pre-professional. They literally just want my money. And I think it's such a money grab now to be like, you didn't get into medical school. You didn't get into dent school. Like try this program and we will help you. But there's so many things that you need to strengthen your application for medical school. And the culture for pre-med is so intense. It's very much so made out to seem like you can't do it. Like, oh, you don't have this GPA? No, you'll never make it. This MCAT? You haven't volunteered for three million hours? How dare you think that you're going to get into medical school? Like, it's so intense and it's very hard to be like, am I actually competitive or not. And so this program was like, we're going to help you become competitive. And I'm like, great. It's close to home. It's at, you know, a different school. So I get this different experience. And then I realized they don't have MCAT prep. And so how in the world am I supposed to balance studying for my high level intensity master's program classes, as well as studying for the MCAT when I tried that in undergrad and I didn't do well. Mm -hmm. And it was like, um, like they don't do like committee letters and they don't do, it was just so many different things. And like, even for example, the classes that we're taking, they are on par with your first year of a pre-professional program, which is nice if you don't feel like you have gaps in your education. Right. And I realized like when I was sitting for the MCAT, was I supposed to have learned this already? Like where yeah. this is, I felt so behind. I took everything that I need to take and yeah, I passed. Like, you know, I got my degree, but I'm like, there's this huge gap between what I know and what I need to know. And this program didn't feel the gap. Instead, it built upon. So mm. it was like now I'm in, in this master's program and I felt like, I was taking master's classes as a kindergartner. I was like, there's so much that I feel like I had to do. And then on top of that, I'm in this new environment where um, I'm from PG County, Maryland. So it's predominantly black and very diverse area. Then I went to Spelman and an HBCU in Atlanta. And then here I am now in Raleigh, North Carolina at a predominantly white institution with thousands of white people. I've never seen this many in my (laughs) life before. And it was just, it was such a shock. And then I felt like, Oh, I made the wrong decision. Like I'm in the wrong spot. I wish, I wish I would have just applied for school, like for medical school and just gone for it. Or I wish I just was there. Like there's so much. I was like, you know, I'm going to have to do work once I graduate. I'm going to have to do so much work while I'm here. And I just felt like so down on myself. Like I am not where I want to be. Yeah. I, I don't really know what clicked for me. But then it was kind of just like, you're never really where you're, you're, you will never be where you want to be. Because as I'm like listening to podcasts for medical school students and watching vlogs and stuff online, medical school is not easy either. And I have experienced so much like different emotions and learning experiences here in my master's program. I realized that like, if I would have been in medical school right now, I would have flunked out because although I felt like I was just thrown into the ocean instead of like, you know, being in a kiddie pool with the floaty as I would have preferred, like 
Well, it's more so like I was thrown into a 10 foot pool, but if I would have gone to medical school, I would have been thrown into the ocean. Mm. So although, you know, I'm struggling trying not to drown, me learning how to catch my footing now is much better preferred than it would have been later. And the more I realized, like, I mean, I had never, you know, paid bills before, lived on my own before. I mean, I had my own apartment, but it was, you know, like a... Mm-hmm. But not really what this is now, where I am really like alone, an adult, studying habits, um, scheduling, like so many di- working out without being on a dance team. Like there are so many different like adulting things in addition to personal things, in addition to educational and academic things that I've learned throughout this program. And although, again, I don't love this program the adversity that it's given me has really just opened my eyes to see like, I don't think I'm ever going to fully love where I'm at. So I have to love the journey. Cause if I mm-hmm. have such a negative attitude, like I hate Raleigh, I hate North Carolina, I hate NC state. I hate this program. I had so much negativity around mm-hmm. me. And it was like, are you just going to sit in that despair for two years? Because what if you don't get into the top medical school that you want to, or what if you do and it's not what you want it to be? Like, are you just going to be like, well, I can't wait till I graduate. I can't wait till I'm a doctor. And you're a doctor. And it's like, I can't wait till I'm done with residency. Like, you're never going to be done. Very, very long Yeah. And I'm like, if I think of it like a destination and I just cannot wait to get there, I'm going to A, miss everything that I need to learn during this part of my journey and B, like Mm -hmm. I Will not be happy because I will not have received the things that I needed during this time in order to be at that place. So mm, I hope y'all are listening. <laughs> I mean, it, it's important. And I think that's a lesson that in at this age, we all kind of learn where it's like you have to focus on what you are learning right now, what's happening right now that's going to prepare you for the next stage rather than always focusing on getting to the next place. Exactly. Um, and so like, I introduced a new segment in the show um, coming back um, and it's called Fast For What? And it's basically like focusing on like, why, why are you trying to hurry up? Like who's yeah. rushing you? What, you know, what timeline are you on? It's like, we're all experiencing life at our own pace, at our yeah. own at our own vantage point from our own perspectives, because that's what God has given us as individuals versus constantly focusing on like, well, Breland finished this. So I have to finish that too. Or like, I I think we just put so much pressure on ourselves to be like going, 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 rather than just take your time and learn what you're supposed to learn, get where you're supposed to get from this opportunity, from this position, from being broke, from not knowing how to manage a budget, from not understanding your credit, like all (laughs) of Things. Like, I mean, it, it sucks when it's happening, but like afterwards, you can always glean from and hopefully make better decisions moving forward. Yeah. So I'm really inspired by your story <laughs> and I just can't wait to see where you end up and how you get there. Girl, you and me both. <laughs> no, but thank you so much. Yeah. So the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was your experience as an influencer. Um, just like, what has it been like one to build this community? Um, if you guys don't know and have not seen her Instagram, just scroll (laughs) and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She's done a tremendous job at putting herself out there in such a fun and inspiring way. And so I'm just curious, like, how did you get to that place where you decided like, you know, I want to start a YouTube channel and tell people about my life. Like, what was that like for you? 
Oh man, if I could ask myself that question, like, how did I end up here? I genuinely don't know. (laughs) And again, now that I'm at this, like very reflective, I'm in general, I'm a very reflective person. Mm -hmm. And so at this point in my life, I am kind of like, wait, I don't think that this is something that I normally would have stepped into. Um, I don't think that this is something, I feel like it's something that I'm called to do, but that I myself wouldn't have put myself here, if that makes any sense. So when I first started off, because like, I remember, oh man, I remember back in high school or maybe middle school when MySpace was out for us, like I used to have no followers on MySpace and I used to be like, I hate social media because I didn't have anybody who cared. <laughs> like, you know, I had my friends, my top eight were my only eight. <laughs> so it was like, I, I used to not like social media. So where I didn't really have it like that. Um, I'm like, I don't really, like, I always had that like, I don't enjoy that feeling that I get when I'm on social media and then I see somebody else doing something or having something mm-hmm. and then I start feeling less about myself. Yeah. I never liked that feeling. So I never really had um, social media growing up, but I did have YouTube and I was just obsessed with it. My sister, she always wanted to start a YouTube channel. So she kind of got me started as well. And I always used to make like little videos at home. This was always a thing. And I was kind of like, well, my life is quote unquote boring. Um, I was a high schooler, like, but now there are definitely people who like vlog during high school and their stuff is really interesting. But at the time I was like, I'm going to start my channel when I go to college, because that's going to be interesting. I'm going to be in a new mm-hmm. city, new town, like new friends. It's always going to be something going on. Like I'm going to, as soon as I know that I'm going to college, I'm starting my YouTube channel. So that's how I started. Um, at least for my YouTube, it was like when I got my acceptance letter, started vlogging on my phone and I just, I didn't know how to edit. Like I didn't know how to do anything. I just knew that I wanted to start. So I started. And at that point, like, you know, at the end of high school, I had created my Instagram, but again, just cause everybody had an Instagram wasn't really on it like that. And once you're on one social platform, like YouTube and for example, Twitter and Instagram are very different because I feel like YouTube is not really a social media. It can be, but it's not. Oh, yeah. So, you know, to keep up with people, you feel like, oh, if somebody follows you on YouTube, they want you to go over to your Instagram. So that's how my Instagram following grew. And again, I just think that, I mean, it just started off again just with me sharing my experience. And even my trajectory on YouTube has been so like all over the place, really. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me, but to other people probably like, what? Because I started off like, you know, this is my experience going to college. And then once I was at Spelman, I realized like everybody was so obsessed with Spelman and they wanted to learn more about it. And I was so in love with my school when I first got there. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah, I first yeah. got there, like I still have so much love for Spelman, but like I had so many experiences there that like now it's kind of a I think yeah but at the time I was like it's the best place ever like it's black like I just loved it and so I personally was very like encouraged and inspired just to like show everybody how much I loved my school Mm -hmm. and there were so many and I realized that I got views from that and it wasn't even like now I wouldn't do that but at the time I was like oh this is what people want to see. And I love my school. So I'm just going to show everybody, like all my videos are going to be about Spelman because that's what people want to see. And at the time it was like, well, if I really thought about what the goal of me being on YouTube was, that wouldn't have fulfilled me. Like I would have known that it wouldn't have fulfilled me. But at the time I was like, I just want to, like, I also just genuinely enjoy like content creation. So this is just a great topic because it is like what my life is about. 
But then as like life went on and then like Spellman wasn't as great in my eyes and then people were so obsessed with Spellman and less about me, I kind of like did a kind of a shift, a little rebrand. And I was like, I no longer want to do just like Spellman college vlogs. Like, yes, I go to Spellman. Yes, I'm a college vlogger and all these things. But I'm also like, I want y'all to know Breland. So mm-hmm. And again, not only am I reflective, but I'm just such a transparent person, which is literally one of my biggest flaws, honestly, at the same time, because I don't have a filter. Like, I just like when people are just genuinely themselves. And so I lead by example. Again, sometimes it can be a fault, but I go, I put everything out there. Like, Mm -hmm. I, and that's how I have always been on my YouTube. So I would say things and I would show things and just show my experience. And I feel like that's really why my community is so strong because there is no act, there is no, there is no glitz and like, I really. I'm just genuinely myself. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you online in your bonnet right now? Like, could you care? And it's like, I, I don't, I don't know what it is about myself, but I've always just been like, here I am, take me as I am. And so, yeah, as that grew on YouTube at this point, and then I said it grew on Instagram, then that's when like, quote unquote, influencing became a thing. And because I had more numbers on Instagram, I was like start, sort of seen in that light. And I didn't really take it. I don't even really like to call myself an influencer mm-hmm. because I understand that I influence, but that's not necessarily my goal. My right. goal is to inspire. Like I want to inspire and empower young girls. And once I figured out what that was, I feel like I just moved different on social media. So I do want people to follow me, but I want them to follow me and then again, hear my story or see, see something that I'm doing and then be like, I really love that. I genuinely want to do the same thing or just I'm inspired in my own light and hopefully people see that through my social media but most importantly I hope that when people come to my page whether it is on YouTube or Instagram I don't really tweet like that but (laughs) that they don't get that feeling that I got when I first started off on social media where it's like I feel less about myself because I see everything yeah and that's something that I'm still working on because and I talked about this in one of my latest Instagram posts, like when I first started social media or before I was on social media, like people would call me a Barbie and it wasn't really like a, a nice name. It wasn't like, yeah. okay, Barbie. It literally would be like a snarky term that people at school would use because I completely, I get it. I see it. I get it. I still to this day all the time from the outside. Again, it looks like I have everything together. It looks like, oh, how did she do this and this and that? But I'm like, if y'all only knew, like I'd be struggling when I'm just like the rest of you guys. I just have certain things that are priorities to me. Like, like for my mental health reasons, I like to look good on the outside or else I'll feel like crap. Like it's just, that's just, you know, who I am. And, um, and it's very hard to kind of like, translate that on my social platform because at first I was very much so like oh y'all think I'm a Barbie fine I'll be a Barbie it's Breland Barbie don't talk to me like y'all gonna know this but that just was so like I said not me I'm very much so like a I have an open book ask me anything kind of person and so that's again who I try and be on my social media and again it is a journey trying to fully like um express myself on this on social media as a person where I'm like I I want you to feel better about yourself when you leave my page not worse I want you to feel inspired and empowered not doubtful and yeah and sure and exactly so again it's a process um I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to do that but that's where I'm at at this stage and why I don't necessarily consider myself an influencer but um I do know that I do have influence on social media 
Hmm, that's a good way to look at it. Um, Keith, I, I, I think you're doing a great job at being yourself. <laughs> and I, I consider myself to be a very discerning person. Mm-hmm. And so like, I can always see through people. I'm like, oh, you're just putting on for social media. Like that's <laughs> not who you are. Like I can tell. But when I come to your page, I genuinely feel like the inspiration to be this colorful, to be this out loud. Um, so keep, keep pushing that way. And I guess my last question for you is like, what do you think your purpose is in all the things that you're doing? And just in general, like, you know, at, at 23 years young, you know, <laughs> what do you think right now? What are you purpose to do? Um, I feel like I touched on this earlier. I definitely feel like my purpose, first and foremost, is to be to bring glory to God. And I feel like I will do that by sharing my story, whether that be the highs or the lows and how I overcame them with his help. Like I literally wouldn't be able to do anything without him. Like he is my rock. He's my savior. And because of him, I have purpose because it literally like me living my life is all just to inspire other people through him. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being here with us. Thank Uh, you for having me. Yes. Where can the people find you? Okay, so YouTube is at Beauty and Brains 5. But if you just, you know, YouTube, Breland Barbie, it'll show up as well. And then on Instagram and Twitter, again, if you want to follow me, it's what I wrote a tweet. But um, it's also at Breland Barbie, and that's B R E L Y N N, Barbie like the doll. Okay, and I didn't even give you a chance to plug. Tell us about uh, Beauty and, was it Brains and Beauty? Your brand? Beauty and Brains? Oh, my yeah. girl. My, yeah, girl, I'll be forget about that. I'll tell you, I got too much stuff going on. <laughs> no, but yeah. I mean, with me being on YouTube for so long, everybody was always like, you have the perfect name to create merch for. And so I have an apparel line, Beauty and Brains Apparel. You can check us out on Instagram at Beauty and Brains. And it's really just, you know, QTs and sayings and stuff like that. Quotes and sayings on tees and sweatshirts just to embrace being both beauty and brains very very cool well you keep pushing and you keep shining and (laughs) i can't wait to see you at somebody's miss america pageant (laughs) thank you so much you're welcome thank you i hope you enjoyed today's conversation in bloom and don't forget to rate subscribe and review this podcast thanks for listening and see you next week